I'm Jerry East, and this is my podcast, The COVID-19 Lockdown Account. My mission is to interview 100 everyday people so they can share their story. We'll document their ups, their downs, and the challenges they face every day. These are historical times, and I hope you enjoy. Stay safe. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again for tuning into the COVID-19 lockdown account. So today we've got Brian. Brian is a business owner and co-owns a chartered accountant in Essex. He's also in solo isolation and he's going to talk to us a little bit about that as well today. So, Brian, how are we? Hi, Jerry. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. We're getting by. We're surviving. We're, as a business, doing well, keeping very busy and, yeah, trying to make the best of the situation as it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's the kind of... What, what's the, especially with what you're doing at the moment, we're in... For those people listening, we're in week, um, we're in week seven, I believe. I'm just checking on my calendar now what week we're actually in. Um, what's the, the vibe or the feeling from a lot of your clients right now? Are, they, are anyone struggling? Are they, are they panicking? What, what's happening there? It's a real mixture, to be honest with you. We've got about five to 600 clients at the moment at DBR accounts, so we're busy. We've helped, for all the limited companies, we've helped them set up the furlough scheme so that if they've got staff with wages to pay who they're not able to use, we've helped them all get their furlough set up and we're submitting claims for them on a monthly basis to help make sure they get some money in to fund their wages. At the moment, the scheme for self-employed people is in the middle of launching so yeah. we're just trying to help get everyone as guidance to help them set up their own scheme unfortunately agents which we are for our clients aren't allowed to do that for self-employed people so mm. we're organizing it so that we can give them step-by-step -step easy instructions so hopefully they can do it but if they can't then we'll sort of support them through it yeah. In the main, most of our clients are fairly upbeat most of the time. Like everybody, we all have bad days. I think when you're in isolation, you can't see your friends, your family. You can't go out and socialise, whether it's sort of something sporting, like going to a gym or going to the pictures or concerts. You can't see your family and spend time with, like in restaurants and bars. So people do have downtimes, but... We're trying to be upbeat. We're trying to encourage people not to get overstressed because at the end of the day, it is outside of our control. Until the government decides what we can do something different, we've got to stick with it as we are. So if we don't get stressed, we're just going to make ourselves ill. It helps that I've got fantastic business partners. So even though we're in isolation, you know, at the end of the phone, we can help each other bounce back if we are feeling down. And with our clients, we're trying to be as positive as possible, encouraging supporting we've got a really nice network of clients who contact us make sure we're okay as well as obviously friends so it's just keeping in touch keeping contact and keeping as positive as possible mm. i think that's probably the the only thing we can do in, in a more of a like a, a stoic philosophy the only things that we can control are our emotions at the moment and everything else is dictated to us by a, a greater power as it were uh which you know it's it is hard to get your head around, especially uh, for a lot of business owners where the director has had so much control um, and, can, and can kind of manoeuvre or pivot for certain situations that's kind of been taken away from them. And, you know, that 
I can definitely talk from my heart and say mentally it's, it's quite hard to deal with. Um, yeah, and from a business point of view, it is, you know, it's, it is a bit of a panic right now for me anyway. Um, is, is there anything... Sorry? Sorry, I totally agree with you. We're trying as much as possible to reassure our clients that we're running things on our Instagram feed, we're sending out emails, we're keeping in touch with them, keeping them in the loop and just trying to be as supportive as we possibly can and as positive as we can and trying to help sort out as many of their problems as possible so that if they're entitled to get support, we're making sure we contact them. Interestingly, we're actually picking up new clients as well at the same time, which is good. So we're probably actually finding we're busier than ever. So mm. it's quite encouraging that we're getting that support from our clients and also getting new people through word of mouth where presumably their existing client accountants haven't given them the support they need. And we're always happy to deal with new people that fit with our sort of ideas and ideologies of doing things efficiently in a friendly, personal way. Yeah. And trying to encourage and support each other because as long as we all survive, we can rebuild because businesses will take a slump downwards. Unfortunately, that's nature of something like this. But as long as we all get through it and stay fit and healthy, then we bounce back and rebuild. And I think word of mouth and network of people is going to be the important thing to help people to get that bounce back and knowing that everybody's there supporting you through it and being practical. I, I totally agree with that. And the fact that you are, um, so I'm just making notes here, everything you're saying there. If you ever see me looking down, and for those of you listening, you might hear me scribbling away sometimes, but the importance of showing your clientele that you are still present, <clears throat> that you are still working on solutions and are giving reassurance in the form of email, daily posts, updates, even text messages, stuff like that, especially from a, a business standpoint, as a director myself, it is so, so reassuring and so helpful. And I think that's probably why you're getting a lot of referrals uh, because we have spoken to people that have been just left high and dry by their accountants. Um, and at the moment, you guys are really coming into your own. Those of you that haven't abandoned your, your, um, your clients are really coming into your own because you're the only voice that they can kind of trust when it comes to gaining the grants how to fill out the forms. And this stuff is so hard for the everyday person to try and decipher. They're, they're impossible to read. It's always been our approach to the whole of our accountancy sort of things is we try to put things in everyday language because we don't feel a need to show off that we've learned all these terminology and technical phrases. So at the end of the day, we've got clients across all manner of industries and whether they're in the fitness trade whether they're beauticians engineers mechanics construction doctors they're all going to know stuff in their industries way above our understanding yeah. so what we think is we want to for our clients we want to give them reassurance that we're doing it properly but also comfort to put it in as plain as english as possible so that they understand what it means to them because yeah. we don't need to show off the language that's when we deal with hmrc company's house and everything for dealing with our clients we want to give them assurance so they understand what we're doing means for them so they know what their accounts mean and then hopefully to demystify as many of these forms as possible to make it as easy as possible for them it makes it, it makes it more i think more palatable more easy to understand that it, it you can understand it from a verbal point of view when you're reading it so what i mean by that is 
you can read it as it's being spoken. And nine times out of 10, it's so much easier to understand stuff when it's sent to you like that. There's, um, I can't remember who said it, but try not to use a thousand dollar word when you can use a $1 word, you know, try There's no reason to make things overly complicated to try and show off your level of vocabulary sometimes. Um, yeah, it might be fun to do if you are extremely intelligent and you're in and around that peer group of people, but when you're just surrounded by the general public, you're going to gain a lot more respect. They're going to get more understanding from what you do and you're going to gain a better following if you just talk normally, um, which yeah. unfortunately the HMRC don't seem to do. <laughs> um, yeah. There are a few good ones there. There are a few good ones, to be fair to them. But mm. it's the same as in your industry, though. Like, I'm sure like, when you're with your clients, like when I'm with my personal <coughs> trainer, you could refer to muscle groups and phrases that would be way above our heads and would be nothing to us. So the successful people in the gym and fitness industry are going to be those that can put it in terms that when I'm exercising, it will mean something to me. Because you could easily show up and say what every muscle in the body is and what that does. And it would be meaningless. We're like, okay, but if you say do this, 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 and this will help you build up strength in that area, that's what I need to know to exercise. So it's the mm. same sort of ideology, really. Yeah, there's no real reason, especially when it comes to exercise, and probably the same in your, in your uh, field as well. There's no reason to give that level of depth when it comes to things like muscle groups and insertions and, and how the body uh, and what style of muscle you're training. There's no reason because nine times out of ten, the people who come to us, they want to lose a bit of weight, they want to get a bit more energetic, and they, they want to feel fitter. And for you, they just want to know how much tax they pay. They don't want to know any ins and outs of that. They just want to know how much have I got to pay? What can I get away with not paying? Um, yeah. And then, you know, what can I potentially put away in some form of pension or, you know, um, tax relief scheme of some description? That's obviously above all. Um, yeah, and totally. They don't yeah, totally. How their business is doing, if it's doing well, if it's growing, what the figures mean, what the business will be worth, and then, like I said, tax efficient as possible, and then planning for the future. So they've got an exit strategy for when they eventually want to retire or sell up or whatever mm. their plans are. Yeah, well, I can imagine you're going to be bombarded with exit strategies fairly, uh, fairly soon and around this time. Is there anything that people are really, really like? focusing on asking at the moment within your field the main two areas if i'm totally honest are the furlough scheme for employees which touchwood we've now got that up and running for most of our clients but if anyone hasn't worked out how to use the furlough scheme they're always welcome to contact us and now the self the letters are now going out for the self-employed scheme so people are starting to receive those so this week in particular with that stuff on the growth area of what do we need to do to set up our system online so that we can log on and receive it? So unfortunately, HMRC are using this as an opportunity to get everybody to have their own online login, but we're giving them that reassurance that they'll do it for this. It won't change anything in the long run, and we've still access, and we can still hold their hands through it. If it, because some of our clients really don't have the first clue about computers, and we're there to try and help them through it and show them that it isn't scary. Here's a step-by-step breakdown. If it's still difficult, give us a shout and we'll do what we can to help you and we'll make sure you get through it to help them get their money so that obviously people want that income stream. So a lot of self-employed people, they've had pretty much next to no income since lockdown began six, seven weeks ago, which it's a long time with no cash flow. Yeah. I mean, we are in a lucky position. 
we're not in a lucky position. We were saving up to put air conditioning in the upstairs of the gym, and I was saving up for a project on my own, on my own personal dwelling, um, which pretty much has just been absolutely chomped into where I'm paying staff and I'm paying, uh, paying for bills. And unfortunately, the nature of my staff, the way that they do things, um, because they've got their own personal training business, they're paid by another company as well, uh, which, um, which you know my wife owns, and a company that I own, it means that they end up being self-employed because the tax yeah, implications yeah. from being paid by all three, if they're on PAYE by two of us, there'd be no point. There'd be no point in being paid by us uh, because they'll be getting emergency tax. So, and it works better for them. They get to work with their money a bit more, but in times like this, it means I've just got to pay them or they go bust. So it was, that was my decision. That was my choice. I'll just keep paying them and, and they will, you know, they're, they're now working for me online and, and delivering content to my clientele, which is great, you know, but I can imagine there's a lot of people out there in the same position that are really struggling. Yeah, I've seen by Facebook you've got various classes that you're advertising running online, which is good to see that you're doing that with the people that actually work at your gym. So I'm a member of a chain gym and they're, they're putting on good online stuff. I'm not criticising, but it's all very centrally produced. So it's not the trainers that I recognise and see on a day-to-day basis. Mm. But if I do it with your own in-house trainers, it keeps it more personalised. Mm. I think um, a lot of it's all pre-recorded as well. We do all of our stuff live. I know a lot of the big chains are pretty much just bringing out their YouTube videos and just uploading them to their Facebook site, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. They still provide the service and that's fantastic. Um, but it's, it, you know, like you say, it hasn't got that personal touch, has it? Which you can't imagine they'll be able to do on such a grand scale anyway. Um, I must have been very lucky with my own personal trainer that she's actually sending me through... Um, training guidance by text and message and she's in touch on a pretty much every couple of days she messages which is nice it sort of keeps that personal touch and she's keeping an eye on me to make sure that I'm sort of still exercising but also using the outdoor time wisely and not overdoing it and injury which wouldn't be good at this sort of time mm. um, she's also bizarrely she also runs a because she's a client of ours as well, and she runs a cake baking business. So she's building, she's sort of developing and selling lots of cakes, and sort of getting baking and practicing ideas, so that when lockdown ends, she'll be in a position that she can really sort of hit the cake baking market hard as well. That's uh, creating our own supply and demand. There, creating our own supply and demand. I like it. It's a great yep. idea. <laughs> uh, but it's great, I suppose. It's uh, do that so you can eat that. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Well, might as well give a plug for Butts Baking. It's on Facebook as well. So oh, cool. Yeah, we'll stick, so, okay. those in. we'll stick them in. And we might even have a chat with them if, if they're available as well because we always like to we'd like to talk to, to small businesses as well and we like to, we like to help people um, share their story about what's going on. And the reason we yeah. talk to so many business owners is because you get, you're speaking to a lot of clients, you're seeing about what's going on on the outside, whereas the majority of people that are just on the furlough can only see their own their own four walls, as it were. Yeah, it, it, it can be daunting. And it, I must say, the, the Easter Bank holiday... I've, sorry, are you still there, Jerry? Yeah, I'm still here. I've just lost your, your video. Now you're back on. You're back on. Back. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, I found the Easter Bank holiday quite hard because that was very early on. There was four days just at home. But managed to readjust with making phone calls and getting in touch with people. 
But what we're actually finding now, both myself and my business partner, because we're getting, we're making sure we use our hour of outdoor time for the exercise, whether it's a run or a walk or whatever, we're probably actually getting, more, bizarrely, even though we're in lockdown limited, we're actually getting more outdoor time now than we would have if it had been normal working conditions because normal work, shamefully, sort of, once we get to work in the morning, we might pop out for five minutes to grab something at lunchtime or pop to the shops or whatever. Mm. But we weren't ever taking an hour lunch break. We're now we're actually getting, making sure we use, because we're limited, we almost use that hour even though you wouldn't have used that time in the past. So we're actually getting more outdoor time, which is probably actually healthier for us in the long run. And so yes. hopefully we'll continue to do with that discipline going forwards. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really hope that people do start focusing on their, on their health. You know, obviously it's going to be very, it's, it's a big passion of mine because of what I do, but that covers so many areas, you know, your physical, your mental, everything needs to be addressed at this time and I think that now we're only ever going to get the time to start momentum with that right now and what you're doing sounds perfect sounds, sounds absolutely right it was a fear of mine going into lockdown so over the last year I've really worked hard at losing a lot of body weight. I've lost nearly a third of my body weight in the last year amazing so I basically spent far too long sitting at a desk feeling stressed and eating rubbish so I sort of over the last year, so I've been so determined in lockdown not to let it all slip and slide backwards. So that's been a good motivation not to sort of slip too much backwards and to keep focusing on the exercise and keeping positive about it. Mm, mm. And what would you say has helped the most throughout lockdown when it's come to your mindset? Um, very lucky to have a good network of friends to support me. And to keep in touch, you know, so even though we're not seeing each other on a day-to-day -day basis, we can at least talk to each other on the phone. One of my friends DJs and she's doing a weekly Facebook stream, sort of like an hour, so it's like a free gig every week, so that's something to look forward to. And I must admit, because we've been so busy at work, that's actually been very useful because during the weekdays, we're really not having the time to sort of dwell on the loneliness. It's more a case of, oh, got through another day and the days are actually going very fast so mm. I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie i have bad times and we all have bad moments where you feel low but then you message your friends on either whatsapp or facebook or give them a call and people help you bounce back and i like to think i do it for people as well so it's just getting each other through making sure that because most importantly as long as everybody that we care about survives it gets through it we just rebuild afterwards mm. Mm. And I mean, every time I'm speaking to people, and I do mean pretty much every time I'm talking to people, I'm constantly getting the same kind of core fundamental answer when it comes to motivation, and that's the people around you, communication, and, um, and focusing on your kind of physical and, and mental health. And that seems to be the same thing over and over, and it, it, it's crazy that we've gone from such a material time and in such a short period of time seven weeks now everyone has kind of come together and gone you know what the only crap that's actually important is my mental health my physical health the people around me and staying motivated you know and it's you know it's an awakening if you like Really? Oh, totally. It's, and as well, sort of building on that, it's the 
getting in touch with people that you've got fond memories of and have always thought of as people that you like and get on with. But for whatever reason, like the busyness of life mainly, you've just not lost touch with completely, but not been in contact with. But like, take yourselves, I haven't spoken to you for probably five years. Mm. Mm. And with other friends, so I thought, I wonder how they're doing. Give them a quick call. And again, people I haven't heard from for a while, but there's still people that I want to think are doing well in life. So hopefully that little bit of extra time has created opportunities for that as well. So it's, it's just really trying to keep as many positives out of this as possible and try not to dwell on the negatives too much. And like I said, make sure that as many of our clients are okay as possible and friends and we'll get through it and survive. Do you think that there's going to be a, like a bit of a revolution when it comes to working online? Do you think this is going to spark a bit of momentum for that? I'm really not sure. I'm in two minds about that. It's shown that it can work, but I think I think there might be some change. But I think most people actually like the social aspect of work as well and the seeing people. I think mm. it will I think it will mean that when people need to on occasion work from home, I think there's more confidence in it working. But I think for the most part, definitely in companies our sort of size, where it's we're quite fortunate we've got the space that we can have adequate social distancing within our building. So I think most will still want to work from in the office the majority of the time once we're able to for that social element. But it's shown that it can work. And it just gives more adaptability and more flexibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, it definitely does. And I think that there might be some form of hybrid working pattern that might come from this where it's part, part in and part out. Um, one big yeah. Yeah, so all good, really. We're trying to keep positive, trying to keep going and getting through it and surviving and learning and using new skills to communicate, such as the Zoom meetings. That's something else we've learned how to do differently. So it's just teaching new technology. So for some of our clients, this sort of thing might be ideal to say sort of a trip up to Birmingham or if a client wants a meeting in Oxford, this might be more personal than having a telephone call. Yeah, yeah. But just a Yeah, I think in a lot of ways there will be, you know, I mean, there's going to be implications from that. There's going to be backlashes, but I think there might even be the option to revise, um, you know, have it, the, the structures of work, where people work from. I think that could have implications when it comes to property prices in the city uh, because I think people are going to have more option that, you know, if, if you were going to make a commute into London, but you only had to go in once a week as opposed to five times a week, you'd sit and think, hang about, you know what, once a week I could swallow a two-hour journey and I'm going to live further away. Or, yes, you know, I mean, if you're talking two hours from London, that's a whole new scope. That's, you know, that, that's past the realms of Essex. That's, and all the, all the counties which are around it. And that then starts giving value to, to further afield and small, smaller towns and smaller uh, cities that at the moment aren't, you know, aren't really facilitating anyone that works in the bigger cities like London. Um, I know that I worked, I worked in London for about 10 years, basically, in, at one point in my career. And the thing that stopped me doing it in the end was the commute time. Mm. And when I spoke to people, 
made crazily long journeys in. There was one guy that I worked with in London who came in from Leicester most days. Wow. Now, the amount of money he used to spend commuting, and he was a reliable, honest person, so there was no reason that at least 80% of his work couldn't have been done from home. So using these new technologies, that would definitely have made his work-life balance a load better. So I think there's lots to learn from, and it's one of those things, isn't it? Most things in life, you either look at things as an opportunity to develop and build from, or you let it drag you down. And, you know, it's like being running your own business. You have to look for the opportunities. Otherwise, you'd just be brought under by everything. Yeah, of course. Um, it's, it's about adapting now. I think with everyone that's in business, it's about adaptation and, and moving with the times. As, you know, whether you've been forced to do that or whether it's just because that's what people are demanding and it's a real hard thing to do once you've nailed down a structure you've got a whole system a set of systems in place like we've just implemented we've spent fortunes on getting systems in place that now are completely obsolete you know there's no everything needs to be completely changed and starting again um but we now have the tools and we have the mindset that we know where to start and where to where to go on with that um but I suppose for you guys, other than your one-to-one -one meetings, it's just pretty much businesses, or even more frantic, but business as usual, right? It is to, it's, the bits that are changing, obviously, like the one-to-one -one meetings, the client contact, because one of the areas we really try and have as one of our unique selling points is we try and provide a more personal touch, but it's still possible over the telephone, so we're still supporting our clients in that way. And the interaction with our staff is, a little trickier because you have to be mindful of the fact that they're obviously working at home and slightly different time but flexibility and keeping in contact keeping in touch with each other it, it seems to be working so yeah but in terms of doing accounts we're still doing the same work spending a lot of time obviously on the furlough scheme and the new self-employed scheme yeah but other than those our work is very similar but in an isolated way so it's just about supporting each other through it and keeping in touch, keeping in contact, regular communication. But where it would have been pop upstairs, it's now an email or a telephone call. So, yeah, getting through it. And, I mean, we've got to come into a bit of a close now. So we, uh, we yeah. start winding into some of the more poignant messages of, of what we're learning at the moment. And for anyone out there that especially is, is worried about their business or is a bit stuck with the information that's being provided by the government. What kind of advice have you got for those people right now? The most important message, because obviously a lot of people are losing loved ones, which is just terrible. That's just beyond understanding and touch with heaven so far. But the most important thing is keep safe and survive it, because as long as you're safe and healthy, you can rebuild. But make sure that you're getting the advice you need on the grants that are available, on the furlough scheme, on the self-employed scheme. If you've got an accountant, talk to them. If your accountant's not being helpful, sorry. All right. If your accountant's not being helpful, then, and they're not getting in touch, then feel free to contact us at DBR Accounts Limited in Wickford, we, on Google and everything, um, and speak to us because we'll help you through. Use the use the grants that are there and available for you 
and then get through it as best you can and then rebuild. Yeah, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I think um, what you said at the beginning, you know, just keep safe and survive this and then we can worry about the financial implications after that because you don't want to be the, uh, the richest person in the graveyard, do you? Um, no, not. There's one question I do ask everyone. Uh, okay. Uh, probably should have warned you about this one. It's not a biggie. <laughs> um, but we're in week, so we come to the end of week seven now when it comes to lockdown. Now, if you go back to the beginning of when this all started, what kind of advice would you, would you give yourself? So if you could grab yourself by the shoulder and say, Brian, mate, this is all coming. Just make sure you do X, Y, and Z or give yourself whatever advice. What would that be, mate? Don't worry, stay positive, we'll get through it. Because when it's first announced, I think everyone's like, oh my goodness, how am I going to cope with being on my own? How are we going to cope with not going into the office and not seeing each other? But you adapt. Mm. You do that, yeah. And I think the main thing that I've understood from this is one day we'll look back on this and think it really weren't that bad. You know, people lost stuff, people lost businesses. And yeah, okay, you know, people did have issues with their health. Um, but the ones that get through this, that it's not going to be the worst thing in your life unless you've lost a loved one. So if it's just from a business standpoint that you potentially could lose your income for now, in a few years' time, this will, this will not be a problem and you'll have what you're meant to have by that point anyway, you know? Um, this is just going to speed it up. So I think it's a case of being resilient with that, trying to be as resourceful and trying to pivot your business as well around this interesting situation. Brian, where can some of our listeners stroke viewers find you? Um, we're by Wickford Station, so we're in Wickford. Um, they can contact us via our telephone number, which is 01268 761939. We're still operating the office phone. It gets diverted through to our office admin team who then put it in touch with us. Um, or on email, if they just email brian at dbraccounts.co.uk or we've got an Instagram page for DBR accounts. Cool, cool, cool. Well, we'll put all of the links and all the ways for, um, for people to get in contact with you, Brian, into our show notes. We'll also... Um, put your bio and any other links that you want available, whether it's advice from posts you've done in the past or anything that you found helpful. A little word to our viewers and our listeners right now. I just want to say thank you so much for you know taking the time out of your day to listen to this little podcast, and I hope that it has been helpful. If you have found that this has given you any helpful tips, if you found that you've uh, you've resonated with anything that's been said. Please do press that share button below so other people in your network can experience the same stuff as you just have. Also, if you do have anything you'd like to talk to us about, please do comment something in the comments uh, comments button or get in Brian, get in touch with Brian directly via the links below. Also, if you do have a voice and you would like to share your story right now, please do comment below or get in contact with me by ABC Jim on Facebook. And I'm more than happy to have you on the show just so we can hear what you've been up to during the COVID-19 lockdown. Brian, thank you so much for today, mate. And for you, Thanks, not, Gary. Absolutely my pleasure. We'll be seeing you soon. Indeed. Most importantly, keep safe. You too, my man.